Welcome to I'm Not Dead Yet with Judy and Travis, a podcast about living an extraordinary life with extraordinary circumstances. Welcome to the I'm Not Dead Yet podcast. I'm your co-host, Travis Robinson. I was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease at age 35 in 2014. And I'm your other co-host, Judy Yaris. My husband Sandy had Parkinson's disease for 18 years, and I was his care partner. Today's episode will be talking about superpowers how we have them, and what we do with them. Good morning, Judy. Hey, Travis. It's been a minute. It has. It has. Yeah, you have blue hair now, so a little change of the season, right? Right. Have to have to keep the hawk uh, ever-changing. Yes, absolutely. I'm all for that. I like that. So I love this topic today, superpowers. It, 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 it's one of my favorite topics, I think. It's a hard one. It certainly can be. And the idea was spawned by this comment I heard uh, last week that folks with Parkinson's disease have superpowers. And the idea that was presented, of course, was the old, when nature takes something from you, that it gives you something else in return. And I don't know if that's entirely true, but It was really nice to think that, you know, for all the difficulty uh, nature has given me, that I might have some sort of reciprocal powers in exchange. Absolutely. And and I do think that that's true. I think that that may even be scientifically proven with people that have lost eyesight, because what happens is their other senses, other senses become more keen. So their hearing is better. Their sense of smell is better. They their taste. Uh, there's a lot of things that uh, change with that. And and I do remember that with my mom as well. Her, she was had lost her eyesight. She was partially sighted for many, many years, but it was so difficult for her. And I remember that she really, um, if you said anything about her or you were trying to keep something away from her or you were mouthing something to someone like she wouldn't see it, trust me, she knew that you were saying something. She had this other sense about her that she was able to pick up that something was going on behind her back. So I, I thought that was always very interesting. So I, I do think that, you know, there must, there's definitely some scientific proof about this. And um, 
And so, so what do you think you're, have you thought about this? Like, I haven't really thought about it, but what, I have a couple of things that came to mind first step, but what do you think your superpower is? No, I haven't thought about it that much. And I was um, reflecting that, you know, 10 years into this disease, my superpower might simply be survival because, you know, 10 years is a long time to do anything. And to put up with the volume of shit that I've had come down my way is a lot. Yeah. I totally agree. I mean, I think along with that, I would maybe call it resilience. I think you have resilience. That that's and that is a superpower for sure for you. That's fair. Cause you do bounce back, Travis. You know, no matter when or how the shit hits the fan, you always come out looking pretty clean, you know? <laughs> and that's not easy to do. It's not, but I have a brown suit that I can wear. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I have a funny uh, image that I think of. I remember at a family event that was a very sad event and very difficult for a lot of the family. It was around a death in the family, and there was a lot of fighting and a lot of stuff going on among the people that were left behind. And uh, I remember that one of my cousins said to me, well, when things get really tough, I just put on my shit suit. I just zip it up yeah. and it deflects anything that comes towards me. And so I've kept that image sort of for myself that when things get really rough, time to zip up the suit. You know, this is it. Yep. So, so that's pretty good. You know, when you said, talked about superpowers, I was trying to think what mine might be. I, I think I maybe have a couple, but I think one of the things that, and I think this could be considered a superpower. I just, I'm trying to see how to word this. Um, I have the ability to engage people. You do. And it doesn't matter what their background is, how low, who they are, how high they may be, where they are, status, economics, uh, socioeconomic background. I mean, I, I think for me, I think that's something that I've been able to do almost all of my life. And I don't know where that comes from. I think it's something that's just part of who I am. But I do think that in many ways that could be considered a superpower. And I recognize that. You know, it I certainly is. And it's like, um, you know, we've gone to events in person that I've hesitated on approaching certain people because of their gender or their demographic. And it's like, 
Judy, you will go right up to them and, hi, how you doing? And my name is Judy. And I'm like, perfect. We can send Judy to talk to them. Right, right. Yeah, and I think it has paid off for me on many levels. It certainly has been a plus for um, for PCLA, for Parkinson's Community Los Angeles, getting that started and being willing to just talk to people about it. But I think even in my business life, my many different reiterations of what my business life was like, because I've done many different things over the course of my lifetime. And um, I think I've utilized that in many ways. So so that's a pretty cool superpower to have, you know? It is. And I might have another one. I, I think that I might share with you the resilience. I think that I do have a little bit of that ability to bounce back. Yes, and it's, it's an amazing thing, you know, um, the bouncing back from a setback. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, what does it take? I've been um, reading a lot of those studies over the years of, you know, folks who um, don't have a support network and what that does to them psychologically when they get sick or injured. And in short, it's not good. It's harder for them emotionally to come back when you don't have people around you that are there supporting you. There is something about the strength that we get from others. Yes, and... I feel like that is a key part of my resilience is I don't want to let my friends and family down. That's an interesting place to come from, Travis. That's different because in one sense, you're doing it for others right? You're doing it for them. I mean, you are doing it for yourself as well. But the idea that you are trying to keep people happy, I mean, keep people happy. You know, I think about that. Um, I think as a young child, I always felt that was my job was to keep my parents happy. (laughs) Does that make sense? A lot of us grow up with that, you know, oh, I'm supposed to have good grades. I'm supposed to be happy. I'm supposed to succeed at whatever I do. And we do have those, those things we put on ourselves as young children, which I don't always necessarily think is great. I mean, I always feel like I remember saying to my kids along the way, you know, do this for yourself. Don't do it for me because you're the one that's going to be dealing with all of it long term. But there is something to be said 
for what you're talking about and doing it to for others and, and doing things to either make people happy or to keep them feeling positive about you. I mean, I, I don't really know what that how to word this one. I'm sort of at a loss here. Yeah, and it's like I don't know that it's consciously like, oh, I'm going to make Bob or Susie happy, but it's like when I'm really down and uh, having a difficult moment, I think, Come on, Travis, get the fuck up. People are counting on you. You know, get the fuck up and get moving. You know, Travis, that's an interesting point, and that's different. That people are counting on you. That that statement right there is a little bit different than saying trying to make someone happy. We can't always change where people are thinking. We can't change what they're thinking necessarily and how they are doing things. But when you say people are counting on you, that means that people want support from you and you want to support them. Yes. Okay. So, and I think I sort of come from that same place. I want to support people. And I... I hopefully they will support me. Like that is something that I think is really critical as we go through life and we face challenges that we want our our friends and our families to support us and to support our ideas. And they may not like it. And I guess that's the one thing that I've accepted is that they may not like what I do. They may not agree with it. They may not want me to do it, but hopefully they will just support the fact that this is what I'm doing. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't love the fact that you go mountain climbing as your friend. It scares the shit out of me. Okay. <laughs> so it makes me very nervous. But I totally support that you do this for yourself. And I know it used to make my family very nervous when I would be on long bike rides, but I did it anyway, and they had to go along with it. And I think that was something that Sandy and I established in our relationship from a very early time is I may not have liked everything he did. He may not have liked everything I did, but we did support each other in in when that action was taking place and happening. And I think that's really cool, you know, that as as a human being, that we can support others in what they do in their endeavors, whether we agree with it, whether we think they should be doing it, we just have to offer support and say, you know, if you're feeling challenged, is there something you need, some kind of a different way of looking at it, perhaps? that can make it easier for you or better for you. But I'm here for you. One way or the other, I am here for you. Yes. Does that make sense? It does. And I agree that it's not about 
always agreeing with the action that someone chooses to take, but did subordinating them in spite of what they are choosing to do. Right. And in return, Travis, I mean, I've seen it with your friends who support you in so many ways. They come through for you always. They do. Right. And they're there for you. And I think knowing that from an emotional standpoint is so great because it's like you might be standing right on the edge of that of that trail but they're right there next to you to make sure you don't go over the cliff and i know that i've had periods in my life where i felt like i was going over the cliff but i knew i could call someone and they could sort of talk me off the cliff and get me get me back to reality because I think when we are having really bad moments in our life, we start to spiral. And I know I've talked to many people with PD that have been in this situation, that they just spiral down the, they go down this hole. And it is not easy to get yourself out of that. Yeah. And so that's part of what happens when we talk about depression. Because yeah. with depression... This is where people go. They get so far down, they can't get themselves up. But if you have people around you, and they don't have to be best friends, they can be just a person, someone that you know that maybe would like to offer some support. They can, they can help you out. It's just that I think it's maybe human nature to not want to impose on people, does that make sense? Yes, and I certainly don't think it's human nature. It is probably more a product of our culture. Because I've met people that have no problem being in imposition. <laughs> And that is not me. It is not how I was raised. Right, right. That's true, too. I know those people, too. They're pain in the ass, I know. Yeah. <laughs> we've, all, we've all got those friends or, or acquaintances that are like that. Yeah. But I do think there's something to be said for the ability to reach out and to be honest enough to let people know that you're not having a good time, that you are having difficulty, and that it's okay to be vulnerable, because that's really what we're talking about here, right? Yes. And that is in itself a a superpower or a great source of strength is the ability to be okay with your own vulnerability. Yes, I think that's really true, Travis. 
That is a strength. It is a superpower. And it's one that I'm afraid. PD has given me an awful lot of practice with. Yes, it has. No question about it. And I think it's great because you that is where the inspiration comes with you, Travis, because hopefully you inspire others to to be willing to reach out and to be vulnerable with people and to, to share the things that they otherwise would not share. You know, you have been a very open person, certainly not only in support groups, but on this podcast. You, you've certainly opened up about so many things that um, have been challenges for you and obstacles and how you've gotten through them and what you do to get through it. And I think that's a, a very positive and inspirational thing that you do for others. You know, that's very selfless of you to do that. So I I really admire that about you. That's one of the things I admire about you is that you you put that out there. And it's great, you know, and I think we have to do that. We have to let, I mean, we want people to see us as human, not as some humanoid that everything is always perfect and we're always great. I mean, that's what happens on social media. You know, right. all you see on social media is the pretty stuff. And right. It's a curated lifestyle. Yes. And if I was to put down where I felt like I landed, it would be in the non-curated lifestyle camp. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I I think that hopefully some of that, as we go through and people talk about this more, that young people will see that, you know, having this curated life of everybody is perfect and everyone's life is so much better than mine is not real because everyone has issues. And it doesn't matter how much money you have or how much money you don't have. There are still issues. There are still challenges that people face. And Yes, of course, it's certainly easier if you have more and more, you're financially stable and easy to do whatever you want to do from a financial standpoint. But it really doesn't, it can't take you and it can't save you from the things that happen with Parkinson's. Let's put it this way. Yes. It is not going to cure you. No matter what you do, there's still no cure. And so you have to do deal with management. And I think that's what we're talking about here when we talk about superpowers. We're talking about management of our lives, of our relationships, of ourselves. How do we manage ourselves? Do we self-regulate ourselves? Does that make sense? Yes, and the amount of discipline and diligence that we can put towards that management will pay dividends. Absolutely. It's an interesting topic. I mean, when I used to think about superpowers, I always thought about strength. You know, it was always like, am I strong enough? Am I, you know, physically strong? I could run so far. I could bike so far. But I think this is really emotional 
an emotional superpower maybe that we're talking about today. Yep. That's kind of cool. This has been a fun topic. Yep. And I encourage our listeners to write in, send us your superpower. Yeah. Let's see what else other people are up to, you know? And if anybody can levitate, let me know, because I've always thought that was the coolest thing ever, you know? Yes. (laughs) When you see yogis that sort of can levitate. You can levitate spiritually, and I've under I learned to understand what that means. But it'd be cool if you could actually get off the ground a little bit. You know? Yes, no magic carpet required. <laughs> right, that would be kind of fun. All right, Judy, that's a wrap. Bing.